And we're back for another episode of Into the Boards Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Kinville. So last week we had our introductory episode, and I, I knew, you know, going into it, that episode might be a little dry because it was explaining background stuff and all that. But I felt it was very necessary to get that out of the way because we want to be able to help the beginning fantasy hockey player right up through the advanced fantasy hockey player. And the biggest part about winning in fantasy hockey is actually understanding what the heck you're doing. So that's what that episode was all about. So this episode, we start getting into the fun stuff. Like I promised you last week, this week we're going to rank our top forwards that are going to be available in this year's drafts. So what I've done is i got 120 rankings here. And the way it's going to work is we're going to break them down into 10-player segments so that we don't throw everything all at you at once. But it also makes it going to go by a little bit quicker and it's going to be a, a way for us to break it down and so that we can uh, analyze who's right and who's wrong. <laughs> so last week I had uh, Rich Basucci with me, who's in my fantasy hockey league known as Blades of Steel. It's a Yahoo Standard League. Uh, we have a keeper in that league. You can keep one player for each year. Uh, you just sacrifice the round that you kept him in for that uh, next year's draft. So this week, I've got another co-host, and he's also in Blades of Steel. In our league, he's known as Cap 77. Uh, as you can imagine, he's a Washington Capitals fan. So I'm going to bring him in right now. I want to introduce Ben Skibinski. How you doing, Skibs? Doing pretty good. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me on today. So you ready for this or what? Yeah, we'll give it a go here and uh, get through some forwards. Well, I'll tell you what, if you can talk about this as much as you talk about the Caps, you're going to be just fine. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> so, the thing to remember with when you're doing rankings, for it be forwards or defensemen, goalies are a little bit different, and that's another episode. But especially with forwards, there's other things to consider other than goals and assists, right? So, with forwards, a lot of times you'll get multiple position rankings, whereas a player will get a, you can play them at center or left wing, center or right wing, left wing, right wing, stuff like that. And that actually helps move those players up and down the board a little bit. Um, most players are only single position. But like I said, those players that can do multiple positions, that really does help them out in the rankings. So as I promised, we're going to go in 10-player segments here. And I know some shows would start at the bottom, but you know what? We're going to come out swinging and we're going to start right at the top. So this is how we did it. I came up with my own rankings, and they're based on the NHL.com rankings. If you want to see those rankings, they're right there on NHL.com. Just go to their fantasy hockey section, and everything will be right there. Um, but I kind of felt that, not for nothing, I didn't think they were right about some of them, and I want to do a little bit different. So here we go. With that said, players 1 through 10 for our forward rankings for 2020-21. Number one, drum roll please, is Nate McKinnon from the Colorado Avalanche. Number two, Leon Dreisaitl. Number three, Connor McDavid. Number four, Artemi Panarin. Number five, Nikita Kucherov. Number six, Austin Matthews. Number seven, Jack Eichel. Number eight, Alex Ovechkin. Number nine, Elias Patterson. And number 10, Braden Point. Now, Ben, I know you're probably going to want to put Ovi at number one, but <laughs> I, I, I couldn't do it. So what's your thoughts, my friend? Well, I really like the positioning of Dreisaitl on that list. I mean, he's a... Dual eligible forward, um, plays on a good team, good lines, gets good power play minutes. So I like that you have him moved up in front of McDavid. Uh, obviously, last year he, you know, scored better, more points. You know, well, and you know, the thing is, like with him, like you said, he's a, he's a center and left wing eligible, as opposed to Mc, uh, McDavid, who's only a center eligible. But I mean, he does everything. I mean, he right. was the Hart Trophy winner last year, right? Right. So. He really doesn't need Dreisaitl. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, he doesn't need McDavid to be on his line to be successful. That's right. the thing with him. He's proven to drive a line. He doesn't need to follow anybody exactly. to generate points. And I'll be honest with you, when I was coming up with these rankings, 
in my head before I even looked at any stats or anything like that, I'm automatically thinking, oh, Conrad David's number one. How could it be anything else, right? Then I looked at the numbers, and I looked what NHL.com had, and they had McKinnon at number one, too. And I'm like, how did, where did they come up with this? And then I looked at the numbers, and you know what? They're right. Yeah. McKinnon was dominant. You know, he didn't obviously have the overall points, but you look at shots on goal, he's over 100 shots on goal over where Dreisaitl is. I mean, he's got 15 hits more than uh, McDavid, Kucherov, Dreisaitl. Right. You know, and the, and the thing, like, with, with McKinnon, too, is he has better line mates because a lot of times Edmonton likes to slip, uh, split up McDavid and Dreisaitl for obvious reasons. Right. And for for whatever reason, it just seems McDavid – or sorry, Edmonton just can't find anybody to skate with McDavid. Unless they got dry sidle on that line. Right. So the fact that McKinnon's got better line mates is really, you know, the final nail in the coffin, so to speak, to put him at number one. Uh, how about the rest of the list? I actually moved up Panarin up to four and uh, Kucherov down to five. I know that's splitting hairs, but to me, Panarin is another one of those guys, and it's rare for a winger to be able to do this, but Panarin drives play. Right. He doesn't need a center. He really doesn't. And, and Kucherov is in that that range, too. But I, I just, you know, for some reason it looked like, and obviously two years ago, Kucherov was the Hart Trophy winner as the MVP. And obviously he's not going to win it every year. So there was a little bit of a drop-off. But I don't know. I just I, I kind of see the lines as far as Panarin starting to go up a little bit. And I think Kucherov, maybe, he's been playing a lot of hockey. They played a ton of hockey. And I, I can kind of see that starting to wear on him a little bit. Right. My, my thought process with Kucherov is that, he has better supporting cast. So even though the fantasy draft is just for the one player, his supporting cast all around is better than the young team that Panarin has where he has to be a leader. If Kucherov isn't having a great game, he can rely on somebody else to drive the play and still get points. Right. Well, that's a good point. Pardon the pun. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for the next ones, I got Matthews, Eichel, and Ovechkin, six, seven, eight. That was kind of hard. That was really hard. I I put Matthews at number six because he's going to score more goals than Eichel. Uh, they're going to be about the same in assists. And it, it was hard not to put Ovi up there because of Ovi is a goal-scoring machine, and he's a hits machine too. Right. But, I mean, Matthews matches him for in shots. And the fact of the matter is Matthews is going to get more assists than Ovi. Oh, definitely. So, for me, that was, that was hard. But I'm going to tell you something. I think Jack Eichel is going to be out of this world this year. I think they're going to end up putting Taylor Hall on his line and watch out because – Look what he did for Sam Reinhardt and later on Victor Olofsson. Right. On the other side, you put any combination of those guys together and you have got a dynamite line. I'm telling you right now, watch out for that line this year. It was back to the Ovechkin. I mean, I think it comes down to what categories you're trying to really touch your team up in. Sure. Um, obviously, if you need hits and shots on goal, you can't really go wrong with Ovechkin. Um, but obviously, I think Austin Matthews is more of the you know, safe choice. Right. Especially he's got a lot, a lot oh, less years on him than Ovechkin, who's eventually going to start to have decline at some point. Absolutely. And, you know, our, our 9 and 10 choices are Elish Patterson and Braden Point. They're both centers. And the one thing that, you know, if, especially for beginners, may not realize this, but as far as forwards go in fantasy hockey, there are far more centers than there are wingers. It's just the way things are. So if when you're splitting hairs, you start looking at position-wise, too, right? Do I pick up a dominant left wing, which I may not be able to get later on in the draft, or do I take the, the dominant center, but, you know, maybe that next tier is going to be available in rounds three, four, five, six. So that's what you got to look at, too. And, of course, sometimes you just kind of go to your favorite team, too. <laughs> that happens a lot. <laughs> which, you know, can't blame them. 
So, like I said, number 10s, Elias Patterson, Braden Point. You know, that you could flip-flop, I guess. Um, Braden Point proved that this guy's for real. There's, there's no doubt about it. And so is Elias Patterson. Um, I just don't like with Patterson that they let Toffoli walk. Because him and Toffoli had some great chemistry. Right. I mean, so long as they keep JT Miller on the line with him, he'll be fine. But, uh, you know, I, I like Brock Besser. Brock Besser can't stay healthy, though. That's right. that's the thing. And, and let's face it, Braden Point's on a better overall team as well. So, but again, you're splitting hairs. That's a that's a preference call. Right. I think Patterson, too, as he continues to grow into the league and get bigger and get stronger, he's going to improve. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look what he did as a rookie coming in and just getting shattered by people and crushed me as a, this you know young kid. And I think as he grows, he's just going to continue to evolve and absolutely. Find, find different ways to score. Having Quinn Hughes there help, helps him, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was our 1 through 10. So for the next segment, we got our 11 through 20 players. And I'm going to list them off right now. Number 11 is Patrick Kane. Number 12, Sebastian Ajo. Number 13, Sidney Crosby. Number 14, Miko Ratnan. Number 15, Mitch Marner. Number 16, Mika Zabinijad. Number 17, Andrei Svechnikov. And this one, the next three are tough. Number 18, David Pasternak. Number 19, Patrice Bergeron. Number 20, Brad Marchand. I'll get to those in a second. So we'll we'll just stay in order here, but I'll tell you why those the last those last three were tough to put them there. So we'll start it off. How about uh, Patrick Kane, Sebastian Ajo? I think it's uh, it, you know two years ago you would have never said it's apples and oranges, right? Right. But uh, Sebastian Ajo is a, is an up and comer. There's no doubt about it. Um, Patrick Kane is Patrick Kane. He's going to dominate no matter what. But at some point, at some point, you got to kind of wonder how much is left. Exactly, and especially, too, with Chicago announcing they're going to start to do a rebuild. They're not happy. No. The chemistry is going to be off on the team. They lost a lot of, you know, people from the locker room this year, and it's, you know, who knows how it's going to play out. Right. I couldn't believe when Jonathan Taze actually publicly came right out and said how unhappy he was about everything that was going on. I mean, that's the price you pay for winning three Stanley Cups. Exactly. Eventually, that team gets dismantled, right? Exactly. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. So, number 13, Sidney Crosby. Number 14, Miko Ratton. And number 15, Mitch Marner. Um, you know, it, it's unbelievable to see Sidney Crosby sitting at number 13, 13, you know, um, to me and, and you're just sit down before you attack <laughs> me for saying this, right? Cause I know how much you love the penguins. Oh yeah. <laughs> to me, Sidney Crosby is still one of the best players in the league. You can't take that away from him. But the thing that you remember, got to remember with fantasy, any sports, it's not just hockey, fantasy, football, fantasy, whatever. Sometimes there is a big difference between having a real good player, like in the real sport, and fantasy. Right. You know, fantasy is all about numbers. It's all it is. With Sidney Crosby, he does everything else as well. And like I said, he is still capable of making anybody on the ice better. Let's face it. You could put me or him on his line and we're going to score 20 goals. Right. You know, whereas Conor McDavid, quite frankly, isn't at that point yet. But there's no doubt about him. Fantasy hockey, I'm taking Conor McDavid over Sidney Crosby. Okay, so, right. So, the very fact that Miko Ratnan skates with uh, uh, Nate McKinnon is a boom to him right there. I mean, there's right. there's no doubt about it. And Mitch Runner is an assist machine. I was looking at those stats. I mean, you got him right there in front of you. What, what did he come up with for assists? I, 51 assists last year. Yeah, I mean, that's – which is incredible for a guy who mostly played wing. Right, and that's, you know, with him, that's pretty much what you're getting. I mean, 16 goals, not bad at all. Uh, plus six for the year, 24 power play points, 154 shots on goal, 24 hits. Not bad numbers at all. I just wish he would shoot the puck a little bit more. Yeah. 
you know? Well, and that's where all this has come from. <laughs> really, that's that's very true. Very true. And you, you never know what the other power play is going to shake right. out this year. Um, you know, with that Toronto top six, you know, anything's possible as right. far as uh, pinball game numbers, is so they say. Exactly. Right? So, number 16, I got Mika Zibanejad. Number 17, I got Shvetsnikov. This, uh, you know what? I know Zibanejad had 40 goals last year. Or 41, I think it was. Oh, let me look at So, here. 41. People would automatically say, well, how come he's not in your top 10? You must hate the Rangers. It's, it's not about <laughs> hating Rangers. It's not about hating any team. My question is, is Mika Zibanejad going to score 40 goals again? No. I realize that he's got fantastic line mates. So it sounds by the the way Ranger Media is talking, he's going to start the year with Kreider on the left and with, I think, Buchnevich on the right. Whom, by the way, I'll get into Buchnevich later on the show. But um, I just wonder, he was at a, like a 25% shooting percentage last year. And the one thing you got to remember, when you're looking at stats, is like goals compared to shots on goal, the league average is about 10%. So when you're looking at a guy that suddenly out of nowhere scored 40, because he was normally about a 20-goal scorer. It's not like he's, you know, right. he was some fourth-line grinder that didn't score any more than 20 points a year and came out of nowhere. No, because Zibanejad is not that. And he's definitely a first-line center. I just wonder if he's going to get 41 goals. How many assists did he have? I forgot. 34. 34. So that number could go up. But I do think the goals are going to regress a little bit right. because I don't think he's going to shoot over 20% again. But, like I said, if those assists go up, then it's almost a wash. Right. And I do think there's going to be a little bit more room for improvement on his power play points, too. Um, Shvechnikov is nothing more than a pure goal scorer. This guy puts the puck in the net. There's no if and ors or buts about it. And I do believe he's got dual eligibility as well. He does. Left wing, right wing. Right. Whereas Abinajad only has center eligibility. Right. But, uh, again, it's going to be, and I think it's going to be Shvechnikov skating with Ajo. So if you can manage to pair those two up on a line, and that's another thing I didn't mention earlier with about rank, with the forward rankings. A line consists of three players. You got your left wing, your center, and your right wing. Sometimes stacking your lines works out for you. Yes. Because it's like you get that double or triple if you manage to have exactly. all three players on a line. Of course, and that helps you in plus minus, but it also kills you in plus minus. If they're having a bad exactly. night, oh my God, your 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 category shot for the week off one night. But we'll, we'll get into that in the draft strategy show. I don't want to give away our secrets too much in one show, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I do think Shvetchnikov, uh, that's kind of a hard name to say. You know, Shvetchnikov. Yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know. Anyways, I, I do think that he's actually got potential for 40, 45 goals. One thing we didn't really highlight, though, is uh, you can go back to Ajo, four short-handed goals last year, which is awesome. Yeah. Great category, and the same thing was the Benajet had three. There and, you go. You know, some teams like to play their stars on uh, penalty kill. You know, unfortunately, the Caps don't, so I... Yeah. Who's out on my drafts, but um, if you can look at that stat, I mean, you can't always count on it. It's you know, sure. some, some of his luck, but it's a gravy it's still, stat. you know, Ajo's driving points out there, no matter Oh, what. absolutely. You know, and we talked about that last week, too. Like your shorthanded goals, that's like they're almost like a bonus category. You know, not everybody's going to win that category week because a lot of times that right. ends up 0 0 and it's a wash. But if you can get a shorty, you got a long way to get almost, I want to call it a free point. Right. But going back to Zabanajad, too, uh, we said he had 41 goals, but he scored five of them in one game. Yeah, let's, let's, let's not talk about that. I just that. wanted to ask you about let's that. Let's not talk about that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, pal. I couldn't help myself. Luckily, All right. Luckily, the goaltender that gave up most of those is no longer with <laughs> That's right. That, that got him his ticket out of town, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So the three that I was talking about earlier, having a hard time with, 18, 19, 20, being David Pasternak, Patrice Bergeron, and Brad Marchand. 
normal circumstances, David Pasternak is a top five player at least, if not top three. However, he's hurt. He's going to miss, they're figuring, at least six weeks from the start of the season if it starts January 1st. And the same thing goes with Bergeron and Marsha on the hurt. So right. they're not going to be starting for your, your team right away. Now, I'm assuming that you'd be able to put them in IR because we, we talked about that last week where you can put them in reserve. Right. But the problem is how high do you want to draft a player that you can't use right away? And sometimes they drag their feet with the designation to go to exactly. IR. Exactly. You know, first or second round pick right there you're going to have on the, you know. Let's say there's a, there's a complication in the recovery. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if, and if we're doing these in 10-player segments. So let's just assume that your league is a 10-team league. These guys right now are in second-round territory. Like you just said, do you really want to risk a second-round pick right. on a player that, A, you're not going to get right away, and, B, let's say there's a problem in, in their recovery or a setback, as they like to call it. Right. You know, oh, oh he's got to be oh, he's gonna have to be out for another two to three weeks. Well, in a shortened season, like it looks like we're going to get, two to three weeks can be an eternity. So unless you've got a, a set strategy in your head about what you want to do, my recommendations – some people might call me nuts, but I wouldn't draft any of these three in the second round. If you can get Pasternak, Pasternak alone, in the third, fourth round, all right, it might be worth it then. Uh, Bergeron, Marchand, honestly, I would wait to see at least on the fourth round for Marchand, and I'm not big on drafting a non-elite centers any earlier than the fifth round. The guys that we mentioned in the first round, okay, right, no problem. Or if you took an elite left wing in the first round, all right, now you can start to backfill in the second round with your centers or whatever. And, again, that will be for the draft strategy show. But it just makes those three difficult. But you can't, you cannot deny their talent. You cannot deny their production. So buyer beware. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I mean, Bergeron, too, he's getting up there in age. Who knows how his recovery is going to go. 34 years old. Right. I mean, that's, that's – I mean, I'm – I'm 46 years old. I know how it feels to recover just from beer league hockey. I can't imagine being, you know. <laughs> oh, so that was our, our second set of 10. We're going to move on to our third now. This is going to be picks 21 through 30, or rankings, sorry, 21 through 30. So I got Mark Stone, Jake Gunsel, Chino Mulkin, Mark Shifley, JT Miller, Patrick Line, Matt Tuchuk, Kyle Connor. Jonathan Huberdo and Taylor Hall. Now, I will tell you that when I came up with these rankings, these are a couple of guys were moved up. Um, I moved up Taylor Hall. I think they had him in the 40s on NHL.com. Um, I think he's going to be dynamite in Buffalo. I really do, especially if he's if he's paired with Jack Eichel. Right. Forget it. Lights out. Uh, Jonathan Huberdo, I couldn't believe, was ranked, I think it was at 33. For the production that he had last year, that's that's criminally low, to be honest with you. I understand Florida gets overlooked because nobody goes to their games and <laughs> nobody pays attention to them. But still, you cannot deny it. doesn't matter in fantasy hockey whether anybody's going to their games or not. Right. It's the points that they score on the ice. Uh, I thought Kyle Connor was incredibly low rated, too, on oh, NHL. Yeah. 32? Think, yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, the, the guy almost had, what do you have, 35 goals last year, I think. I put him ahead of Blake Wheeler. NHL.com had uh, Blake Wheeler higher. A 38 goals for Connor, 35 yeah. assists. Yeah, I, mean, I personally I mean I would take Kyle Connor over Patrick Lyon. Yeah. A little salty about Patrick Lyon for the past few seasons. I wasted a high draft pick on him once and he 
perform for about half the year and then didn't show up the rest of the year where Connor seems to be a lot more predictable and he shows up and especially with the rumors all off season about Lion A possibly being chopped. Who knows what's that doing to his well, mentality and that's the thing. You know, and there there's the, the big problem with Patrick Liney this year. For one thing, Patrick Liney has that reputation of taking parts of the season off. Right. You know, the guy is always a potentially fifty goal scorer. He's got that kind of elite talent. But he disappears for segments. And yes, he's unhappy in Winnipeg, but on the other hand, if you're thinking in your head, well, if he's thinking he can get out of Winnipeg, if he can put up big numbers, that might be a motivator. Right. But you don't know with him. I mean, Patrick Lane has always reminded me of that Ferrari that's always having vehicle problems. <laughs> it's always in the garage. Right. You know, you show a friend, if you've got a Ferrari, you got to show friends pictures of it. <laughs> Here, look, it doesn't look great on the lift. You know, <laughs> what good is it, right? Uh, let's see. Mark Stone, I think, is going to he's going to have a great year in Vegas. Uh, he's a great plus-minus guy. He he pretty much covers all the categories. Yeah. Uh, I liked him when he was in Ottawa, and he's in a great situation with Vegas right now. Jake Gunsel is going to be coming back healthy. And it goes right back to what we were talking about with Crosby. If he's still on Crosby's line, which it looks like he's going to be, another guy who's got a potential for 40 goals. Right. And I do believe he's got dual-position eligibility, I think. Can't quite remember. Yeah. He did last year, so... Yep. Left wing, right wing. You also got JT Miller in this segment too. He's yeah, and I'll tell you, JT Miller is is another uh, out of nowhere story from yeah. last year. I mean, he was always a good player, right? right? He was always like a second or third line player, but when he got to Vancouver, he just blew up. Oh, yeah. And it, it's good for him. I always like JT Miller. That was a real nice waiver wire pickup for me last year. Yes, it was. Congratulations, you jumped <laughs> it on me. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> You're all hard, pal. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark Scheifele is always going to consistently produce for you. Uh, same can be said for Geno Malkin. Geno Malkin has the Patrick Line syndrome sometimes, though. Yeah. Sometimes he disappears, and, and Geno, let's face it, has had injury problems. Right, and he's again, he's you know getting up there in age too, just like Crosby. Same and thing. It's you know they're trying to rebuild a little bit in Pittsburgh right now to get some more competition. I've actually you know my current outlook is you know more so against Carolina or New York than even Pittsburgh sure. being a threat to the Capitals. Oh, absolutely. Oh, there's no doubt. Um, and it has nothing to do with forwards, but Pittsburgh's defense is going to be a big problem. So, right. you gotta, with that said, you got to watch out for their plus minuses this year. And also the goaltender uncertainty in Pittsburgh, you know, who knows how it's going to play out. Is Tristan Jari for real? <laughs> well, we're going to find out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, like I say, my personal feelings out of that bunch right there, Taylor Hall. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb, and I'm putting all my eggs in the basket. So, if anybody else in the league's listening, turn off this part. I want uh, Taylor Hall. I think, I think you should take him number one overall. That's well, I'm not going to have the number just one. Just to make sure you get I'm it. not going to have the number one overall pick, though. <laughs> take him first round. Take him first round. Get him I might. <laughs> I might. You never know. Depends on who goes ahead. <laughs> he just seems to me one of those guys who's kind of fallen off a little bit, and he obviously has potential and skill all day long. And coming to Buffalo, like you said, skating with Eichel is going to be a huge improvement for what he had. But sure. And don't forget something. He's on a one-year contract. Right. So he's going to be motivated to get paid again. We'll see how COVID plays out with them getting paid. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> All right, so that would have been the equivalent of a, our third round uh, for our rankings. Moving right along, we're going to get into 31 through 40. So let's just start it off. Number 31, Matt, Max Pacioretty. Number 32, Steven Stamkos. Number three, Gabe Landeskog. Number 34, Tabo Terabine and Tabo Time. Number 35 is Ryan O'Reilly. Number 36, Blake Wheeler. Number 37, John Tavares. Number 38, Brady Tuchuk. Number 39, Sasha Barkov. And number 40 is Johnny Goudreau. 
some real polarizing players in this bunch. Um, I'll tell you, I had a real hard time ranking Pacioretty this high. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. When I was going through with the stats, I mean, he scored like 31, 32 goals last year. But the guy also took over 310 shots on goal. So is that going to keep up for starters? No. And if he's got to take that many shots on goal to get that kind of production, that is I, – I, I, don't, I don't like that. Even with Vegas' top six being what it is. Because the problem with Vegas, too, and it's not just because I hate them. <laughs> the problem is with Vegas – they don't have anybody down the middle. Right. You know, so these wingers, more than any other team in the league, if you ask me, have to create their own offense because they really don't have anybody to dish the puck to. And now they're completely out of salary cap room, so they're not going to be able to help themselves there. Exactly. But, <laughs> um, Which, that's good for them. Yeah, exactly. Right? Good for them. But uh, I, like I said, I had a hard time doing that. I kind of just bit the bullet and did it. But that might be a, a pick or a ranking number 31 that I'm going to regret. Um <laughs> Stamkos, he's another one. It's so hard to tell. Is he going to stay healthy? What's going to exactly. happen with him? Last and, year, you know, he goes out, supposedly coming back for the playoffs. And yeah, I mean, it's... it's he played, you know, was it one game? Yeah, and it was gone. And you a know? couple shifts in one game, scored a goal, and that was it. I mean, I understand he's going to have time to recover now and, and surgery, but, I mean, is this going to be an ongoing thing? Exactly. And to be honest with you, I think with the emergence of Braden Point, I think he slides down to a number two center, to be honest with you. That's probably better for his career to get a little less playing time. I think so, Stay too. healthier and for longevity. And I think eventually he's going to get moved back to the wing. But for right now, I think they'll keep him in at center. Uh, Langdeskog got put 33 by me simply off playing with Nate McKinnon. That's if he's moved off McKinnon's line, that ranking drops. And I like Gabe Gladysky. He's a great player. One of those guys that you would want on your team every single day, twice on Sunday. Right. But fantasy-wise, like I said, you got to look at numbers alone. Numbers, numbers, numbers in fantasy. It doesn't matter how good the guy is in the locker room for right. fantasy hockey. It matters what he does on the ice. And while Nazem Kadri is a good player, he's not Nate McKinnon. No, absolutely not. So as long as Landis, and plus he's got dual eligibility too. Right, center left wing. Right. So that helps him for sure. Much like the next guy, Tavo Teravainen. Uh, Blackhawks fans, I'm sure, are still stinging from that one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he put up incredible numbers last year, too. And that Carolina top six is going to be one to watch out for because they're all young, too. Unfortunately, they're, they're pretty good. Yeah, they are. And they get, they got a good defense to feed them. That's, right. that's the whole thing. Carolina is pretty solid top to bottom. I hate to admit that, but, you know, it, they are. They're, there's no getting around that. And I believe Tavo has left-wing, right-wing eligibility as well. Um. Number 35, I had I went with Ryan O'Reilly. I was surprised at his numbers. Uh, if you, you got him right there in front of you, I want to just read them off for me real quick. All right, so we got 12 goals, 49 assists, 18 power play points. He's a plus 11, one shorthanded goal, three game-winning goals, 118 shots on goal, only 16 hits. Yeah. Wow. My problem with Ryan O'Reilly is his peripheral stats. Shots on goal, hits. Right. Stuff like that. I was amazed that he had 41 assists. I really was. I, I that, And that's honestly what got him into that number 35 spot. If anybody wants to drop him down their rankings, I wouldn't blame him one bit. Right. Um, you know, that's another one. And when's uh, Vladimir Tarasenko coming back? I don't even have him on my, on my rankings right now. Right. Because it's going to be so hard to tell when he's coming back and where to put him in when he does come back. So Ryan O'Reilly is one of those wild cards. Uh, let's see. Our next five is uh, Blake Wheeler, John Tavares, Brady Chuck, Sasha Barkov, Johnny Goudreau. 
four of them could actually be ranked lower. In in my opinion, is in Blake Wheeler, John Tavares, Barkov, and Goudreau. Um, they both kind of seem to be on the other side of the hill. To be right. honest with you. Um, the one I really like out of that bunch, and I I could have very easily rated them higher, and I kind of wish I had now that we're talking about it, is Brady to Chuck. Go ahead and take a look at this kid's numbers right now. It's incredible. I couldn't believe the amounts of shots on goals and hits. It was, it was astounding. And the Ottawa team is only going to get better. 259 shots on goal, 303 hits? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that's Ovi's hype. Yeah. That, that really is. And how many goals did he have last year? 21. Yep. So, I mean, obviously not as many as Ovi, but the kid's, what, 19? Yeah. And like I said, Ottawa is for certainly a team on the rise. And when I say Barkov's on the other side of the hill, I don't mean it as in age-wise. He's a steady player and certainly one that I would want on my team all the time. Another one of those guys. You want that guy on your real-life team beyond a shadow of a doubt. Right. Actually, I'd want any of these guys because they're all NHL players, and they're certainly <laughs> better than I am. But <laughs> uh, Fantasy-wise, he just does nothing that blows you away. You know, I mean – and. For him, he's got Huberdeau on his line, which right. really, really helps. If those two guys were ever get split up, that could be a lot of problems for Barkov. But as it is, he doesn't, and he's at number 39 on our rankings. You got anything you wanted to? No, I'm good with those. I don't really have any complaints. Yeah, I, any I just wondered with Johnny Goudreau, too. Yeah, he's... I think Johnny Goudreau needs to get traded out of Calgary. He needs a new start somewhere. He needs somewhere. a fresh start, a new look. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there it is, 31 through 40 for us. We're going to go on again to number 41 through 50. So they are as follows, starting at number 41, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Claude Giroux, Mike Hoffman, Sean Couturier, Anze Kopitar, Evgeny Kuznetsov, David Perron, Nick Backstrom, Nazem Kadri, and Willem Nylander. This was a, a tough group because I had to figure out where I was going to put Hoffman. He hasn't signed with anybody yet. Right. <laughs> where do you put this guy? <laughs> you know? But the thing is, no matter where Mike Hoffman goes, he sc- goes, he scored goals. Right. There's just no denying it. So I, I kind of just had to pick one. <laughs> That's basically what I did, right? So uh, the rest of the bunch. Now, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a third-line center at number 41. So that Pretty tells impressive. you how, how kind of firepower Edmonton has going down the middle. Edmonton's biggest problem is they don't have much on the wings. But as far as down the middle, they're dynamite. Right. Uh, Claude Giroux is an assist machine, and he's usually got triple position eligibility. That's right. what puts him where oh, he yeah. is. Being able to put him at center left wing or right wing is huge. And having that kind of flexibility, especially going into those. Remember last week when we talked about Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, Saturday nights, being the games that are or the nights in the NHL that are usually the most play, games played. And you got 10 open spots available for your forwards and defensemen. Right. And you got 12 that are playing. Well, who do you go with? You know, it's it's really tough sometimes. Having that triple position eligibility is huge. Uh, another flyer, Sean Couturier. He's a 30-goal scorer. Yeah. And he was a sulky finalist, you know. So he's not going to hurt you plus-minus-wise. I kind of wish he'd take a few more shots on goal, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, the next five was kind of tough for me, actually. Um, to me, Kopitar and Kuznetsov are two of the same mold. You just never really know what's going to happen. Exactly. You don't ever know. I mean, Kopitar centers up the number one line for L.A., but they don't have anywhere near the firepower that the Caps have. Right. But 
Kuzi is kind of sometimes he's like Patrick Line light. Right. He just, you know, shows up when he wants to appear. And in 2018, he pretty much drove them to the final. He was the catalyst that put everybody through, you know, Ovechkin scored goals, but Kuzi not soft drove the team. Right. Since then, where has he been? You know, he has flashes of brilliance here and there, but overall, he's a risky take, and I've taken him, I think, every draft so far, and sometimes I regret it. But hopefully this year's better. I might actually put backs from above him just because it's a little more consistent. Really? Um, See, I had to actually, be honest with you, I had a problem putting backs from that high just because I think that there's going to be a decline. Yeah, there's going to be a decline, but I just think the consistency, you know, it's not going to be – Real flashy, but there's you know he's going to drive assists. Yeah. You know what categories he's going to take. Where Kuznetsov also you know somewhat of an injury history with him, kind of a question mark. Right, that's true. That's very and, true. And uh, disciplinary actions and such. <laughs> yeah, we won't get into that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, honestly, Kadri at number forty nine was kind of tough for me too because Colorado loaded up. Yeah, and he's the undisputed second line center, so he's also going to get power play time. Right. I mean, I know he's in the past he hasn't been like a fantasy uh, superstar per se, but I'll tell you, with that team that Colorado's got around him, I think this is going to be a guy that's going to outperform expectations. Uh, to me, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Right. Uh, and the same thing we're, put, we're putting William Nylander at number fifty. He's another one of those guys loaded with talent, and you know that he could exactly. he could blow up for five points in a game at any time. I mean, I know that's pushing an extreme a little bit, <laughs> but. The consistency of it all. That's and, and you know, Toronto always, you know, other than really Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, they always seem like they're this jumbled machine right. in their top six. You know, it's like they can never just settle on a line. So where does all that fall in? Who knows? Um, but I do think is going to get you your fair share of power play points. Uh, he's certainly not going to get you hits. I think he had three last year, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, it was pretty. I know it was. It was pretty ugly. Um, so don't don't expect to win the, the hits category. Yeah, nine hits. Oh, nine. But Sorry. He's also showing his triple eligible too. Really? That's right. He is. I forgot. I, I wrote that down and I didn't even see it in my notes. <laughs> so there you go. Number fifty is triple eligible. William Nylander. Another good thing to keep in mind. So anything from that? Uh, any major disagreements with what? No, uh, I like where Kadri is. I like his line. I think he's doing good things. I think it was a good change of pace going from Toronto to Colorado. It really changed, you know, how he is viewed as a player. Mm-hmm. Where Toronto more or less seemed, you know, he had his disciplinary issues where he got his fresh start, and now he's more or less a, a second line star out there. Right, and I think like with the big difference there is like Toronto has always needed those gritty guys. Right. For, pardon Philadelphia friends or fans, I'm not talking about <laughs> your your mascot. Um, and I think he always kind of felt that need to be the the guy who's playing edgy and physical and all that. Whereas it's not overly necessary for him in Colorado. Right. So, number 51 through 60, we got number 51, one of my favorites. I always love to take this guy in fantasy drafts. Unfortunately, he got taken from me last year. But uh, Tom Wilson, number 52, Braden Shen, number 53, Matt Barzell, number 54, Bo Horat, number 55, Jonathan Taze, number 56, Andre Burkowski, number 57, Chris Kreider, number 58, Brian, yes, Brian Rust, Number 59, Nick Ehlers, and number 60, Brock Besser. Now, this is the segment right here where I started to differ a little bit from NHL.com. Honestly, Willie, Tom Wilson could probably be a little bit higher on some boards. Right. Um, it was just, it got to be kind of a log jam. So that was that. Um, I'm going to start off and I'm going to kind of go a little off the beaten path here for my number 58 and 59 pick. 58 was Rust, 59 was Ehlers. 
They're ranked at 68 and 69, respectively, NHL.com. To me, that is ridiculously low, especially for a guy who, like Brian Russ, with the kind of production he's got, and especially with the potential for him to be on, on Crosby's line, there's no way he should be that right. low. Not a ch- and the same thing with Nick Ehlers. Nick mm-hmm. Ehlers. Now, the one thing that people don't, you know, don't forget, Winnipeg got Paul Stasny back. And when Ehlers and Line were at their best, it's when they had Paul Stasny center him a couple years ago. So maybe they can catch lightning in the bottle again. We'll see. But I, I, to me, those two, if you can get them later on, God bless you. Right. But if you're going to so-called reach, this is the, these are the guys to go for right here. Um, Braden Shen, he is what he is. Uh, I, I think St. Louis is not going to be as dominant this, dominant this year as they have been in the past. Um, they're, they're going through a lot of changes. Uh, number 53, Matt Barzell. It hurt to put him that low because this kid is loaded with offensive talent. Right. The problem with Matt Barzell is the same problem with any of the Islanders in fantasy hockey. Not real hockey, fantasy hockey. Is Barry Trotz's system. Right. It refuses to allow for offensive output. It simply doesn't happen. So you could be Wayne Gretzky, you know, and you're you're still going to be a part of that system. Your points are going to be way down regardless. Um, so unfortunately for Matt Barzell, fantasy-wise, that's about his ceiling. Um, Bo Horvat. This this is an interesting one because he he over gets he gets overshadowed by uh, Pedersen, right, in Vancouver. But I tell you, he's got all the talent in the world. He really does. I watched some Vancouver games last year because I like to see, you know, like because of the Comets being our hometown team, I like to see some of the guys that played for the Comets, you know, watch them on the big right. club and all that. And Bo Horvath's just one of those guys, he does everything right. And he does a lot of penalty killing, so the potential to get a shorthanded goal is there at any time. I like him, to be honest with you. Um, Jonathan Taze, I think I probably overrated him. There is trouble in paradise in Chicago. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Now, maybe with a guy like Taze, that motivates him. Who knows? But if I was to roll the dice, I would say no. So I think out of respect to Jonathan Taze, maybe I ranked him a little <laughs> too high. But, uh, you know, obviously we're going to see what happens. And I think a lot of with Taze is going to depend on what happens with DeBrinket. Is he going to come back? Because DeBrinket went south last year on him, and that hurt. So right. number 56 is your boy. Burkowski. Tell me all about him. Oh, he's he's done well for himself out in Colorado. It was, it was a good restart for him coming from Washington where he just wasn't going to crack top six with the talent they had there. So right. it was the best thing for him to move because being a bottom six forward was not in his, you know, liking, especially in the capital scheme under Barry, Barry Trotz where you're grinding playing defense. Right. Um, so being on Colorado, more offensive-minded team, being in the top six, I think is really good for him. He proved he could skate on the top line last year a few times due to injury. He went up. Power play points were good. He was another good midseason acquisition to shore up my roster a little bit. Yeah, and it, does he have dual eligibility? Okay, I was just confirming that he's left wing, right wing. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, there it is too. And being able to get players in the in a team like Colorado's top six is, right. is money right there. I mean, that's beyond a shadow of a doubt going to help you. Exactly. And dual eligibility only throws some more frosting on the cake, so to speak. So, number 60, I got Brock Besser. I wanted to rank him higher so badly because this kid can score from anywhere. It doesn't matter. He can score from anywhere. The problem is is he's getting injured over and over and over again. 
You know, when he's healthy, he's going to play on Patterson's line. And I think like a, like a JT Miller, Patterson, Besser line is out of this world. And that's actually one you could actually try to stack up. Right. It's going to cost you some draft capital. Going to cost you. <laughs> but you could try it. But the problem with spending a, a high pick, and by high pick, I mean six round and up on Besser is there's a good chance you're not going to have him for most of the season. Right. So it's a it's a buyer beware. Uh, what do they call it? Boomer bust. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I like I said, I wanted to rank him higher, but I just can't. I can't do it. So got anything on the, on that group? No, I'm pretty pretty close. Yeah. All right. No real changes. Man, we're we're agreeing too much here. You know, <laughs> you haven't thrown a chair at me yet. <laughs> All right. So sixty one through seventy. We got Elias Lindholm, Evander Kane, Philip Forsberg, Kevin Fiala, TJ Oshie, Dominic Kubalik, Jamie Ben, Pierre Luc Dubois, Alexei Lafreniere, and your man, Jacob Verana. So this round is actually when I when I re-looked at the rankings. This segment of players is probably a little bit better than the previous segment of players. Right. It's, it's incredible how that works, but I was working off the NHL.com rank and looking back and forth, <laughs> looking back and forth. And so I mean, once you have a few days to digest everything and look back on it, this right here, folks, is a value round right here. No doubt about it. You can get some real good players out of this segment. Right. So Lindholm has been a beast since he got to Calgary. There's, you know, he's been – actually, he was even better last year than the year before, and he was pretty – Part of my French, pretty damn good the year before. And uh, he's dual eligible. Right. Center and left wing, I believe. Uh, Vander Kane plays for San Jose. He's going to pop you 20, 25 goals, and he's going to get you a ton of hits and shots. Uh, only left wing eligible, but you know what? He's worth it. If you can get him into a, a mid-round, that's definitely a guy you want to target. Philip Forsberg from Nashville. I like Philip Forsberg, but he suffers from the same syndrome that Brock Besser does. The guy just can't stay healthy right. at all. You know, when he's healthy, he's great. But that's one of those guys where you, if you draft him, hope he goes on a hot streak and then trade him. Right. Because you're not going to get him for the whole season, unfortunately. It's just the way it is. Um, Kevin Fiala. This was tough for me because Kevin Fiala, I mean, he came into the league five years ago, believe it or not, and nobody had heard of him until last year when he broke out. Right. So is this for real? It's going to be a risk. You know, is it for real? I mean – if you can get him in a mid-round and he repeats the production, you look like a genius. However, if he regresses back to the third-line player that he's been for the first part of his career, well, right. you just you probably could have spent that draft capital somewhere else. Yeah, especially looking at the people surrounding him, there's a lot of safer choices in the same area. Right. Um, like you said, if he drops further down in the draft, yeah. you know, it could be worth a shot but to take him. In, you know, With the talent you have surrounding him in the same group, I couldn't bring myself to do it. No, no, not at all. Um, so Dominic Kubelik, he's another one. Is he for real? You know, I mean, he was a 30 goal scorer in Chicago last year and, and they didn't really have a great season overall. Right. But, you know, if you can get him mid round, probably not a bad idea. Um, a guy I'm going to tell you to watch for is Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think he's going to be even better this year. He, he, for lack of a better term, broke out this year. And I, and I think I think it's going to get better for him. To be honest with you, I like TJ Oshie. I love him as a player. Right. Love him. I just wonder if he's not going to get traded. They got to do something. They've something's got to change out there. And a lot of rumor is that, you know, 
a team like Seattle expansion team would like to target somebody like TJ Oshie to get him out there with the ties he has to Washington. Exactly. Also, to you know, from the Capitals' prospect, he's good right now, but how long until his contract turns into a negative contract because he's got quite a few years left. He's in his 30s. He's not going to be able to play the style of game that he does play to succeed. Right. He needs to be physical. He likes to get in front of the night. He likes to take, you know, hits. Mm-hmm. And he has a concussion history already. And sometimes, you know, he goes out for concussion. It's quite a while before you're going to get TJ Oshie back. Exactly. And concussion is the scariest injury there is. Right. Because you have enough of them. And it doesn't matter how you feel. They're going to say, no more. Right. No more of this. So, you know, that's... I, th- I think that's one of those, if you like TJ, you take him. Right. If you don't, you're looking for somebody else. And it's like last year. He really, you know, 26 goals, 23 assists, 133 shots, 90 hits. So he does pretty good in all categories. But, again, how long is that going to actually stay? There? Right. And the cap to have in that group is Verona. Oh, definitely. There's no doubt about it. I think he's only going to get better. He's got dual eligibility as well. Um, he's going left wing, right wing. And he's got very good offensive upside. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. He's get, you know, eventually, the numbers he put up last year was with minimal power play time. I think he had, what, one power play yeah, goal? Yeah, yeah, smart, hard to spend um, any time there. And if he can learn to start shooting the puck some more. Right. You know, I'll tell you the hardest ranking in here was Lafreniere. You know, I put him in at number 69. You you can It's so hard to rank rookies. So hard right. because you don't have anything to work off of. Right? Exactly. I mean, they've got all this hype coming in, and there's no doubt that Alexi Lafreniere is going to be a great player in this league. But what's he going to be like in the first year? Exactly. Because remember last year when when Jack Hughes and Capocacco came in, and they all had this massive hype in coming in, especially Kako. Remember, Kako was supposed to be a 30, 35-goal scorer right off the hop. Right. He spent time on the fourth line last year. Yeah. You know, so it's no matter how good you are in the juniors or when you're coming up, the NHL is an entirely different animal, and it takes time to adjust to. So, honestly, I wouldn't be looking for Lafreniere anything higher than an eighth round, to be honest with you. And that's, for me, that's going high. Right. But if you're playing a keeper league, it's something else to think about, too, because it exactly. could very well explode in a second season. So, that's 61 through 70. I personally would have moved Ron up a little bit higher, but again, that's just. Oh, yeah, that's, you know, I mean, and you know what? He could have gone up where Besser is. That's purely just out of my pure sure. for the team. I, I think he's one of my favorite players on the team besides TJ Oshie. And yeah, uh, I like they spend a lot of time on the same line. I think Oshie does a lot to further Verona's career and really helps him grow. And, you know, the whole Lafreniere, I really, you know, bring it back to a couple of years ago when Pedersen came into the league and had an immediate impact on Vancouver. And now everybody, I think, with this in recent memory, everybody thinks the next guy coming in is going to be the same exact way, which where Pedersen was, you know, it's a rarity to have that much of an impact that right. soon, especially when you're physically immature. Oh, yeah. You know, these guys oh, are absolutely. coming up against grown men. men who are going to hammer them. Where juniors, you're playing against similar-sized people, so your skills, you know, overshadow them even more. Sure. Because physically you're at the same level or better where you get into a league where bigger, stronger, faster, and you got Tom Wilson coming across the ice towards you. And I mean, you could be an 18-year-old playing against a 16-year-old in the juniors. Right. Now, so, yeah, I mean, that's, like I said, Verona could have very easily moved up. There's no, you know, rhyme to reason to it. Right. Um, I mean, I think I just got lazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was our top 70 forward picks. We didn't realize that this was going to go this long. This has been, I mean, it's fun, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but uh, I was just reminded, we're at like the 47-minute mark already. So what we're going to do is we're going to divide this forward into two parts. So this was part one. Next week, we're going to come back with our part two. And, you know, I know that's like towards the bottoms of the rankings, but I'm going to tell you right now, to win your league, you got to find the value in the lower rounds. So 
to be honest with you, paying attention to the lower rounds is just as important, if not more important, than the upper rounds. And plus, we're going to go over some, some players we may have missed, we may have didn't. So that's going to that's gonna all come out next week. So with that said, I think we're going to wrap up for today. Ben Skabinski, thank you very much for coming in. I'm hoping you're coming back next week because we got to continue this. I'll see what I can do to get back here. You will. Thanks for having me, I know me, you Scott. will. i got faith in you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So for my little falls, for Ben Skabinski, for Into the Boards Fantasy Hockey Podcast, I'm Scott Kinville. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one.